Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Well, hello once again. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. Last time I checked, 108 shows. Uh, 108 different podcasts are part of this network. Pretty cool. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Amazon Music, of course, included. Um Okay, so this is episode 229. I'm calling this my top five albums, colon, a pre-chorus study. So my top five albums, a pre-chorus study. Uh, interesting, circuitous way uh, to getting to this. Um, I'm working on a Judas Priest panel book, and a good buddy of mine, Sean Ke- Kelly, is part of that book. Virtuoso guitarist, part of Helix and Coney Hatch, and played with Nelly Furtado and Lee Aaron. Uh Anyways, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, he pointed out that Judas Priest has really good pre-choruses that are almost better than the choruses or are more melodic or smarter than the choruses. It seems like they did a lot of work on them. Um, So they're going to be one of the examples we're going to talk about here. But I I didn't want to limit this to just Judas Priest. So I thought, I want to do a show on pre-choruses and their relationship to the choruses. Um, But then I thought, how do I limit this down? How do I pare this down? And I was thinking, oh, do I look at the Billboard 200? Do I look at you know, the top, the top heavy songs, you know, in, in something like Kerrang! magazine in 1982? Uh, so what I decided instead of doing that was... Um, I was going to take my five favorite albums. You get a bonus here, a re, a re sort of telling, a reconsideration of what my top five favorite albums are. And I tell you, this was a lot of fun because I really enjoyed playing these albums again and looking for this relationship between the pre-chorus and the verse and the chorus. Um, uh, so this was really fun, and I, and I I you know unequivocally can state that uh, you know the five albums I picked here I picked five different bands uh, could easily on any given day be my top five favorite albums. Certainly they're always in my always going to be in my top ten I think. Um, but yeah I, I um you know coming up with this I thought you know I I don't want to give too much away but I think there might be a couple of other episodes involved in this uh, maybe looking at the concept of verse maybe looking at the concept of chorus 
maybe looking at the concept of breaks, right? Um, break sounds like a kind of a good one to do. But yeah, so the idea here, uh, this kind of, I guess this takes care of, uh, you know, well, the other way this can be done is I can look at other albums and, and possibly come up with a theme. But no, let's uh, let's stick with this. But the, the, but the cool thing that I can do with this is it kind of takes into consideration the idea of chorus and pre-chorus. Um, so yeah, so briefly speaking, um, some of you might be wondering, what is a pre-chorus? So, so the pre-chorus is kind of the idea. It's uh, It could be uh, uh, discussed as the build uh, or the channel or a, or a bridge or a transitional bridge of some type. I think bridge means something a little bit different. Um, but we're going to get in this idea of the build here um, with one of these bands. Kind of interesting. I've learned some neat things uh, in, in going through this exercise. Um, but essentially what a pre-chorus is, is a, a strong, a slightly different musical part that follows the verse that leads you into the chorus. So it can be a build up to the chorus in some way, pretty much in every way, I guess it is a build up to the chorus. But like I say, Judas Priest is a great example and Sean pointed this out and then he started humming some songs and I go, yeah, yeah, that's right, that one too, that one too. Um, so so literally sometimes they can they can out spotlight outshine the chorus itself and priest is a good example of that because once you get past that really ambitious pre-chorus sometimes the chorus is just repeating the title of the song sort of thing or the music is less sophisticated or even less hooky than the pre-chorus so that's kind of a cool thing about pre-choruses did i learn anything here about um you know the magic of pre-choruses and uh, and the fact that pre-choruses uh, can make really amazing good songs and hit songs. No, I didn't because um, when I picked my five favorite albums, I realized what I have here with these albums is a dearth of pre-choruses. Um, so the point is, um, what what we're going to find here is. Um, is these are my favorite albums, possibly because they're pretty complex and um, you know non-obvious, and there's a lot going on on them. Maybe they're a little bit proggy, um, but there are there are reasons these are are my five favorite albums, and and I would say, I would say one of the main reasons is that it's not just verse, chorus, verse, bridge, or verse, pre-chorus, chorus bridge uh, these songs are pretty unconventional uh, as a rule um, and the other point I wanted to bring up is is what got me thinking about this episode was this whole idea of uh, you know Pete and I've been complaining or approving or whatever blah 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 of this uh, Hackney Diamonds Rolling Stone situation and one of the things I, I really don't like about that album is Andrew Watt as a 33 year old big shot pop producer has really brought in the idea of uh, these really saccharine pre-choruses and choruses. So the pre-choruses kind of stick out like a sore thumb, as do the choruses. So what I learned here is almost a confirmation of that thing rubbing me the wrong way, because here there's actually not a lot of choruses and pre-choruses. So um, we're going to go through every song on these, uh, on these top albums. Uh, so let's start with this one. Uh, take a listen. This is Led Zeppelin with Down by the Seaside. Okay, so Physical Graffiti, uh, definitely one of my favorite 
um, albums of all time. Uh, I usually put it number one, so I wanted to put it number one here. I also wanted to put it number one so I could get the double album out of the way. It's the only double one I put here. Um, but yeah, so this is an interesting example of a pre-chorus, and there aren't very many on here as we'll go through them. So what the idea here is uh, when, when Robert goes, hear what the little fish are saying, um, and then you get that Hawaiian guitar part that leads up to the... Um, the people turned away part, right? The people turned away is essentially the chorus of this song. But the neat thing about this song is that the pre-chorus is basically an instrumental pre-chorus, uh, even though there's those ooh-oohs. So, so yeah, side one, custard pie, custard pie, uh, no pre-chorus or chorus. The rover, huge pre-chorus in a way. Uh, this again is is like. Um, is uh, this is a good example of a pre-chorus that that arpeggiated guitar melodic part before uh, uh, it leads to the if we could just join hands which we can call the chorus here like like I say this is a cool complicated band and a cool complicated album so um, you know Jimmy Page is upending and John Paul Jones being the great musicologist he is they're upending the idea of choruses pre-choruses verses and all that stuff right um, so, but that's interesting. I think that's a pre-chorus there. In My Time of Dying, 11 minutes long. No pre-chorus or chorus, just parts as far as I, I can tell. Uh, Houses of the Holy, no pre-chorus or chorus. Trampled Underfoot, no pre-chorus. Uh, just that very brief talking talking about love for the chorus. Like it's almost like what they do, uh, and Zeppelin does this a lot, Is uh, and it's kind of a blues thing too. Uh, where there's just a punctuation, a slight twist to the end of a verse that is going to have to stand as our chorus situation. Um, so yeah, that talking about love for the chorus, and then the first two are the same as the verse, and then the rise and back again sort of thing. Cashmere, an instrumental pre-chorus again, or an instrumental chorus, depending on how you look at it. Is that second part, uh, that second part, is that the chorus? Um, so kind of interesting. Uh, again, upended. Uh, it doesn't follow pop conventions, and we're glad, right? We're glad it it doesn't side three in the light the ascending melodic part uh, is the chorus the clavinet on its own is possibly the pre-chorus so again another instrumental pre-chorus uh, you might say Bronyar, um just an instrumental no no chorus or chorus um, so yeah our, our crowning example was this interesting example of down by the seaside which you get uh, track three on side three ten years gone no pre-chorus or chorus as far as I uh, would assess it right uh, side four now here you get the shorter songs so you get a little more conventional night flight definitely probably the most conventional song on here um, there's no pre-chorus but I think you do get a conventional chorus on this one uh, the oh yeah meet me in the morning boogie woogie sort of part um, the wanton song um, what I like about this I thought this was pretty interesting so no pre-chorus but I think this has an instrumental chorus, and that's all you get. So that's kind of cool, and it happens twice in the song. Take a listen. Tell me if you think that's an instrumental chorus. Uh, Boogie with Stu, more of a lift at the end of the verse idea that we just talked about. Um, that I don't want no tutti-frutti, no lollipop part. Come on, baby, just rock, rock, rock. So it's a punctuation, right? Uh, Black Country Woman, even though it's a conventional song with vocals and all that kind of stuff, nothing. No no pre-chorus, no chorus. Uh, sick Again, um, I think you could call that, oh, do you know my name? Do I look the same? You know, question mark, is that a pre-chorus? 
and uh, is the chorus, you know, I'm the one you want, babe. Uh, I must be the one you need kind of idea. So, so there are these distinct parts, um, but neither really behaves particularly like a chorus or a pre-chorus. Um, so what is our, what is our lesson here with this double album? Uh, Led Zeppelin, at least on my favorite, most complicated Led Zeppelin album, doesn't have a lot of pre-choruses and indeed doesn't even have a lot of choruses. Um, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, back again here, History in Five Songs. Uh, Episode 229, one of my longest titles, isn't it? My top five albums. A pre-chorus study. Um, take a listen to this. This is Black Sabbath with Megalomania. All right, man, going through Sabotage again. Absolutely, definitely, maybe you know, my favorite album of all time. I, I toggle it with the Zeppelin album. Uh, but man, I was playing Super, Super Czar again. And what a great, amazing, complicated classical piece. What a cool tune. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot to pick from here. So let's let's go through them and we'll get to Megalomania. Um, side one, Hole in the Sky. 
no pre-chorus, but a, but a clear chorus. Um, you definitely get a, a standard sort of chorus here. Don't start too late. Obviously, nothing there. It's 49 seconds of, uh, of hummingbird guitar. A symptom of the universe. Um, what, I, what I find here that's interesting is no pre-chorus, but it also, like Led Zeppelin, like the great bands, has an instrumental chorus. Uh, although, is it technically instrumental? Because Ozzy's going, yeah! So, so this is basically um, some jagged chords, Bill Ward going nuts on the drums and Ozzy uh, going, yeah. And that kind of serves as this song's chorus. Kind of interesting. Um, so Megalomania. Uh, so why I picked this one. Um, so both parts have a chorus. So there's there's the slow part at the beginning. Uh, this is like a 10-minute song, right? And then there's the fast part later on. It's almost like two separate songs. Uh, kind of like Dying to Meet Me, Judas Priest in a way, right? Um but but uh, so both parts have a chorus, I think, loosely speaking. But I don't think there's a pre-chorus on the fast part. Um, I think this slow part has the uh, has a pre-chorus, which I played in this clip. That's a nice thing about these thirty-second clips for this episode, anyways, is that I can clearly frame and show you the pre-chorus. Um, where can I run uh, to now? The joke is on me. No sympathi- sympathizing, God, it's insanity. So that's the first time you get it. And then, how could this poison be the dream of my soul? How did my fantasy take complete control so what you have here and we're going to talk about this a little more with one of our next bands polar opposite of black sabbath not the next one actually number four um but so so what i consider the chorus here is the why don't you just get out of my life that kind of dopey melodic part right but what these two parts do is they they bridge the verse to this chorus with a build so it is it is the setting you up for the chorus setting you up for loving or liking the chorus right um but it's a it's a rise in intensity with Sabbath here. It's a it's a rise in the craziness and the megalomania of the song as you get to that. Why don't you just get out of my life? Which frankly has a little bit of the air let out of the tires. I think when you get to that part. Um, okay, so that was our clear example or clear enough. Side two, the thrill of it all. Maybe again an instrumental chorus, perhaps. Um, and again, I what I'm what I'm learning here as I went along or as I go along is that uh, there is such thing as an instrumental chorus because I found a few of them on Physical Graffiti and on Sabotage, two of the greatest albums of all time. Um, Superzar, again, possibly an instrumental chorus. Kind of cool. Am I Going Insane Radio? There's a clear chorus on this song, uh, but there's no pre-chorus. And on The Writ, again, you get a clear chorus. the the melodic descending thing um but different different lyrics sort of thing um but uh so so in a way again very complicated song um even though it's slow but really cool what a great album this is what an incredible recording as well um okay let's go on to our third selection here of uh, my favorite five albums of all time a pre-chorus study this is judas priest with hellbent for leather
Okay, so to drive home Sean's point here, um, and what I did is I picked an album, which is the cusp album, the, the transitional album, when they're, you know, uh, later on there's even better examples of these pre-choruses. But you listen to that Hellbent for Leather, well, let's discuss that first. That is an absolutely classic example of priests' uh, total skill, their magic, their pixie dust at writing these pre-choruses. Um, so it's that double pace, uh, that double bass part, that that almost angelic evangelical sort of music part that builds up to the chorus itself, and the chorus uh, is basically simple. It's just repeating the title of the song. So the pre-chorus is actually slightly more interesting than the chorus, and the verse is really interesting as well. But really cool short song, two thirty-eight. It's amazing what priest crams into these songs on this album my favorite priest album uh in in such little time let's go through it from the beginning delivering the goods excellent excellent short pre-chorus that you better watch out better hold on tight hitting the stage like dynamite Ooh, and then it goes into the chorus right so again uh, a really high quality part of completely different music uh between the verse and the chorus and then the chorus is just delivering the goods, delivering the goods, delivering the goods, right? So, so perfect example of that. Rock Forever, no pre-chorus, but just a short chorus. Um, I'm in love, so in love, and I can't stop talking about my Rock Forever. So this is another one where uh, essentially it's a, uh, it's a fancy pants ending to the verse. It's like a wrap-up of the verse rather than a true thought-out, you know, separate pre-chorus part. Kind of interesting. And again, what I learned through this process is is that's a little bit of a blues trope. Um, Evening Star, no pre-chorus at all, except the th- sort of like the three-note wrap-up to the verse. Again, just a da-da-da, evening star, right? So so it's, uh, it's the verses go along, and then there's a very brief wrap-up. So maybe that you could call that kind of a pre-chorus, or it's, or it's a little bit of a difference that is announcing the chorus to come kind of cool uh take on the world no pre-chorus it's straight into the chorus on that they're trying to make a pretty simple song burn it up excellent excellent um example of a of a pre-chorus that we've got to make love the time is right and then the chorus right um and totally different music right so you got you got verse music uh complex really interesting one of my favorite pre-songs you got pre-chorus music and then you've got the chorus music um you know it's all the even the rhythm is slightly different but but they're all the same speed right kind of cool uh green man alishi of course they didn't write it but uh there is just that little lick and then and then one of the cool things about this one um this is a clear, clear, clear example of a straight instrumental chorus. You know, that that thing, right? Um, so that's kind of cool. This has got verses and an instrumental chorus where there's no singing, right? Kind of cool. Um, Killing Machine, you get a chorus, um, but it's short. Not much is said. It's just that I got a contract on you sort of thing. So it's almost like the wrap-up to the verses serves as the chorus um and that's it uh running wild you can tell me uh, take a listen to that song it's great it's short won't take up much of your time but does it have an instrumental chorus kind of cool 
Uh, Before the Dawn, it's got this ascending section twice. I guess this is the chorus. Evil Fantasies. Um, no pre-chorus, just a chorus where he's doing his uh, Al Jolson voice uh, on there, right? Um, so yeah, there's a great study in, again, um, we've got instrumental choruses, which is kind of cool. Um, we've got clear, clear, uh, good examples of pre-choruses as well. All right, let's move on to our fourth selection here. The cool thing with this exercise is I picked the albums first, not knowing what I was going to say or even find with pre-choruses because, uh, you know, you can go through through albums looking for certain things and this this whole exercise was looking for pre-courses it took a long time um you know my my method was playing it playing the song on spotify so i could slide around quickly but also because i know these songs so well sometimes if i just go to a a to z lyrics and i'm reading the lyrics i know what's happening right that that prompts you uh to to what's gonna uh, show up uh but um yeah take a listen to this this is acdc with girls got rhythm Okay, so again, I had no idea what I was going to find with pre-choruses here, and I learned something about ACDC, or at least about this great album. And I will uh, uh, authoritatively say, after playing this again, I marvel at this album. This album is... Is there? There's get. There's a pretty good gulf uh, growing between this and what I've often called my favorite ACDC album, Power Age. Um, but yeah, I think this is heads and shoulders above. Um, so yeah, let's go through them. Uh, Highway to Hell. It's just got a short, short buildup. So again, um, one thing I'm learning about ACDC here is that they just slightly alter the verse and build the intensity of the verse, and that is what serves as the pre-chorus in a lot of their songs. There's not a lot of pre-choruses. Um, but yeah, very effective, a short buildup of the verse. Girls Got Rhythm. So this is kind of like, again, a little bit of a stronger version of what I just said, where I'm going to cross that line and call it a pre-chorus. So it's a mix of a pre-chorus and a verse. It raises in uh, in in um, in tune, in melody, before the chorus, uh, where you get to the no doubt about it. Dun, 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 dun. So it's got a little bit of a rhythmic punctuation as well. And then you're into the really straightforward chorus. Um, Walk All Over You, no pre-chorus, but a clear, clear chorus to that song. Touch Too Much, a build in the verse. So it's a, a build in the verse slash pre-chorus mix again. And then it, then there's a bit of a post-chorus. I, I learned that about these ACDC songs. Um, I, I bet if you went through the catalog, there's, you know, all these catalogs are ripe for all these kind of like full, full examination of these things. But what I learned is that um, later on in the chorus, they can they can actually put uh, a few little things that you might even call a post-chorus right in the chorus um, or a post-chorus that's going to lead you back to the verse, which is kind of cool. Um, Beating around the bush, uh, yes, uh, uh, it it heats up uh, in the chorus. It ends, uh, um, so yeah. So this is one where where the um, I'm looking at my notes here. They aren't they aren't particularly clear, but this is a this is one where it it builds up and then there's uh, and uh, and it just ends with the beating around the bush. So this is another type of chorus that I could possibly do a whole episode on. But these choruses that and and we've even pointed out a few of them here. 
these choruses that uh, these songs where you think it doesn't really have a chorus, but there's some kind of nonsense going on that goes on and it goes on and it goes on some more. And then they say the title. Right. And, and so it's like, oh, well, they said the title. That must have been the chorus we just listened to. But it really didn't sound like one. Beating Around the Bush, I think, is a good example of that. Side two, Shot Down in Flames. Uh, that short instrumental pause is a brief version of a pre-chorus. Uh, and then the same thing is used uh, as as the pre-verse. Again, kind of interesting. Get It Hot. Uh, I think this one actually fits because you got this boogie verse. And then there's definitely... A, a and almost like a uh, a discernible shift into a different type of verse before you get to the very straightforward chorus where uh, I think it's doubling up on the beat right at that point not doubling up but uh, but the one and three idea right uh, taking away of the beat or the reversing of the beat sort of thing so yeah that that one I put an asterisk beside because I think that's a clear version of a pre-chorus um, if you want blood you've got it um, no pre-chorus at all but more like a movable one uh, that, that comes partway through the chorus. So yeah, this is another one where the chorus is actually kind of complicated. There are, there are different sort of parts to it where um, they're mixing a lot of cool things together, and that's why ACDC was so successful, right? Um, Love Hungry Man, no pre-chorus, but that same intensification of the verse before you get to the chorus. Night Prowler, again, this is a blues song, so, so there's a real blues trope to this. It's kind of like a stripper blues where, where the uh, there's a raise in intensity as the verses go on and a raise in intensity of Bond's voice, uh, but no real pre-chorus to it. All right, let's move on to our last uh, selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Queen with the great Dead on Time. All right, Queen Jazz. Wow. You know, I was thinking, am I going to do Queen 1? Am I going to do Queen Jazz? What is my favorite Queen album? I was going through jazz again. I could do 10 episodes just on the production of this album. This is such an amazing, you know, pop fruity filled up with ear candy sort of album it's amazing right um so just to go through it and again it's so complicated with all these short songs that are all cut and paste and really strange that it's hard to uh, have this discussion about pre-chorus again i had no idea what i was going to find didn't find much um but i think dead on time is our best example of a pre-chorus on this album so mustafa uh, there are parts in there that I feel like there is a little bit of a pattern going on um, where you do feel like you get pre-chorus and chorus, but it's all shifting sands, uh, just to just to put it in the Middle East. Um, so, uh, Fat Bottom Girls, um, boy, this is a, this is a hard one um, because it's got that massive, massive. Um, it's almost like it. Uh, this is one I guess that has um, that massive, uh, amazing. Thing that you didn't know was a chorus until they get to the end and they say fat bottom girls and that's when the light bulb goes off and goes oh i must have just heard the chorus kind of cool um bicycle rate race too many parts um 
if you can't beat them, yes, I, I totally, I have an asterisk by this. So yes, there's that change in the chords and the brief and, and that brief skip of the time signature, right? So, so you get to the end of this pretty straightforward thing and then the chords change and then you've got the, uh, you know, that give, give as good as you get part. And the next time it's, uh, I'll play you at your own game. Um, so you definitely get this, this brief version of a pre-chorus, very different from the verse. It's not very long, just a few seconds. And then you go into a very straightforward sort of a chorus. Um, let me entertain you. I would say um, you get you get the brief thing where he goes, "Let me entertain you," dun, dun. and then you get and then you get into something that stands as a frankly kind of crappy chorus, right, where there's no beat to it. But this is a good heavy song, the heaviest song in the album. So I think I think the best part of this song is the verse, um, and then dead on time. Uh, so yeah, just to give you a little more, so that. Hurry down the highway, hurry, hurry, hurry. And then you get the chorus. And that beautiful chorus, beautiful pre-chorus as well. Just an amazing song, just a masterpiece, right? But that hurry down the highway, hurry, hurry is the clear, clear version of the pre-chorus in this. In only seven days, intensification of the verse idea. Saturday, just 24 hours, that that whole thing, that's the chorus. Dreamer's Ball, drowsy blues, blues sort of a straight chorus. Fun it, um kind of complicated hard to tell but you've got that can't you see aren't you moving free that part i guess is the pre-chorus um but it's not super clear it's just everything's pretty seamless on this even though it's herky-jerky as well um don't stop me now is another one where i feel this is just one of the most intensifying cool classic pop songs of all time and there's just this uh this pumping piano and freddie singing where it's just kind of like a like an intensification you know 200 degrees that's why they call me mr fahrenheit all that but i want to make a supersonic man out of you is is kind of like the the end of that whole thing and then we're into the the chorus right um so yeah, hard to tell. There's 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 just almost like pre-chorus clues, but not really a, a, a you know a pure uh, pre-chorus. And more of that jazz is just too biz- bizarre. It's hard to tell what's what in that. I just love that song to death as well. It was an absolute masterpiece. So yeah, there you go. Jazz is absolutely going to be my uh, my favorite Queen album. Um, so there you go. I I didn't want to get into honorable mentions or other stuff here because, like I was saying before, we could talk about this till the cows come home um you know i in a lot of my research this this episode took a long time but in a lot of the research a lot of people talk about just just uh standard pop tart pop songs of the day now because there's lots of pre-chorus and pre-chorus debate and discussion and how that turns things into hits but i thought it was quite amusing that uh as I picked my five favorite albums, there's not a lot of examples of this and there's a lot of examples of breaking the rules. And that's why they're my favorite albums because there's a lot of substance to these albums, right? Um, so there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to ko-fi.com slash martinpopoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint this week. I would like to thank Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Lee Fordham, Michael Gendelman, Simon Hall, Dennis Lawson, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, and Brian Sager. You can get all my books at uh, martinpopoff.com. All these big swanky books, The Bowie, The Who... Uh, the Pink Floyd got those. The Bluish Cult panel book is is cool. I just uh, turned in. Uh, it's it's coming, folks. Uh, the follow up to Flame and Telepaths, Imaginos expanded and specified. The new books. I guess I'm breaking the news here. Is going to be called Perfect Water: The Rebel Imaginos. Uh, 
similar sort of thing but much weirder i drew 40 illustrations for it again it was a lot of work and it's been very delayed um by by other things but uh yeah coolest thing i ever did i love that flaming telepaths book as well and and it sells like crazy too people love it even the ebook man people are buying the ebook um so yeah people uh, that really sort of hit a nerve uh people are a lot weirder than i thought and they're as weird as i am so there you go talk to you later Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.